page 136. We stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your punishment, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter suffering and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and confounded who seek my life. Let them be turned back and confused who desire my hand. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. But I am poor and needy. Make haste to be alive. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and confounded.
Almighty and merciful God, whose gift it is that your faithful possess all things pertaining to faith and life, we implore you that we may so faithfully cling to your promises in this life that we fail not finally to attain to your heavenly glory through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 12th Sunday after Trinity is from the 29th chapter of Isaiah. In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to nothing. The scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for iniquity are cut off. Who make a man an offender by a word, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and turn aside the just by empty words. Therefore, thus says the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name, and hallow the Holy One of Jacob, and fear the God of Israel. These also who erred in spirit will come to understanding, and those who complained will learn doctrine. This is the word of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. The epistle reading is from the third chapter of Second Corinthians. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, 
how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, Jesus came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he complained, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of life, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. And was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pastor's Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory. To judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead. And the life of the world to come. Amen.
Our sermon text is from St. Mark 7, verse 35. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. We slip right by the general confession which says that we are by nature sinful and unclean. The baptismal service even goes a bit further than that, saying that we are all conceived and born sinful and so are in need of forgiveness. King David spoke clearly about this sinful condition in Psalm 51, verse 5, saying, Surely I was sinful at first, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And the Apostle Paul likewise says, Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Now, on the one hand, we must confess that just as at creation, God made everything good, so we must confess that God did not create sin, nor does he support it. However, we must also confess that we were born spiritually sinful and unclean. And that is a part of our nature now, and it cannot be separated from the essence of our humanness, The good creation of God was corrupted by sin. Every person who is born of sinful parents inherits original sin. I find it helpful that the theologians have often described sin as an inherited disease. Maybe like leprosy, a skin disease that covers the body. You can't easily distinguish between the leprosy, the disease, and the person. You can't point and say, well, that there is the leprosy and that there is the person. However, you you know that the leprosy is, is not the person, but it clings to the person. All right, so original sin cannot be separated out except by God himself when we die. Therefore, it is always proper that we should confess that we too are by nature, that is, from the moment we were created in the womb, sinful and unclean. Well, the next question which must be asked is, we have that unclean, sinful nature. What does it do to us? What does it do? Let's return to the Word of God and see. Though God destroyed the whole world in a flood in order to begin anew with eight believers in Christ, our triune God knew their sinful situation. After they came out of the ark, God promised never to destroy the whole world with a flood again. But he said, at Genesis 8.21, Even though the intention of man's heart is evil from childhood, Even though I'm not going to send a flood. That is, our sinful nature, it continues to cause evil inclinations, thoughts which unchecked will result in words, evil words and and deeds. St. Paul describes the things that come from our sinful nature this way. Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, 
strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. That's what the sinful nature does to us, if not checked. Because this complete and utter corruption leaves us unable. You see, we are unable to even reach out to God. The scriptures say that each of us was born dead in your transgressions and sins. Now, if you're dead towards something, then you're unable to respond to it. Each of us is born with a sinful nature. We have thoughts and desires which are hostile to God. We don't submit to God's will, nor are we able to do so. Finally, it must clearly be taught, simply by virtue of this original sin alone, if God only followed the law, he would be perfectly just in sending us to hell for eternity. The scriptures say in Romans 5.18, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, condemnation for all men, each one of us has a death sentence hanging over our head from the moment of our conception. We are condemned to die because of the original sin. We are by nature objects of wrath. That's what that means, God's wrath. So, without the hearing of God's word, we are like deaf men, as we have in the Holy Gospel. Deaf men who then cannot speak, cannot speak plainly. Without the teaching of the Holy Scriptures, we would say all kinds of things which are not true about ourselves and about our God. We would blabber about how, well, you have to accept God or you have to make a decision for him. We would spit all kinds of nonsense out about how God helps those who help themselves. We might even say something a little less offensive where we would say, well, you can't accept, but just don't resist God or let God save you. Is this somehow you could let him? You see, when we understand original sin, then we know that none of those things are actually possible for us. If we're going to be saved, then someone else is going to have to do it. We don't have a part in making it happen. That is the reason why we bring even children to holy baptism. By nature, they are sinful and clean. Their sinful nature will not lead them to do good things, but things that are hostile to God. So, without God's salvation, you and I and children, they would all be lost forever. But through holy baptism, God brings us to Jesus so that we might be saved. Through holy baptism, we bring our children to Jesus. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Well, those little children were babies in the arms, and the way they were brought is by the parents bringing the word so that they would have it, bringing them to Jesus through baptism. When St. Peter gathered uh, uh, the people together at Pentecost and he is preaching, he makes it abundantly clear that holy baptism is for you and for your children. The scriptures teach in Titus 3. He saved us 
through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, so that we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Though born spiritually dead, baptism gives us a new birth. That old birth, which was due, we deserved wrath, this new birth gives us something else. Holy baptism makes us a beloved child of God. It washes away sins. Yes, and so it takes away the wrath and gives us the hope. Through baptism, we have eternal life to look forward to. Now, there are those who will doubt that water connected with the Word can do this. But think of it. At creation, just by the speaking of His Word, our God made everything in heaven and earth. Think about Ezekiel, where the dry bones take on flesh and they stand up as a great army. And when he spoke the words again, they were given life uh, and the breath of the Spirit of God. Think of Jesus when by his words he calls Lazarus out of the grave. Lazarus certainly didn't make a decision for Jesus. And on the last day, this same Jesus will return and he will call us out of the grave, back from the dead. It is not unrealistic to think that our God, by means of his word, can do what he says in holy baptism. His word is powerful and it is active. So holy baptism is God's work by which he gives you salvation. The reason it works is because it's been united with Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. 1 Peter 3.21 says, Baptism does also now save you. A little later it says, It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So baptism. It's not fairy dust. It's the way that God gives you forgiveness. And it is true. That God also promises forgiveness, not only in baptism, he also promises forgiveness in his word. He promises forgiveness by means uh, of the Lord's Supper. We have the gift of God's Holy Spirit um, uh, working so that, well, our ears might be opened to hear his message. And once we have come to receive the forgiveness, a new birth made alive of the hope of eternal life, He opens our mouths so that we can declare his praise. The last point which I wish to make concerning this is that, well, we need to know that though by nature we're sinful and unclean, yes, but after we have been baptized, we're not to act as if we are powerless. Yes, we still carry around the sinful nature. But when the gift of the Holy Spirit is living in us, the Holy Spirit moves us to do God-pleasing desires and words and actions. Every child, every person who has been baptized is someone who has been given fear, love, and trust in God. Everyone who has been baptized has been given good works. All those who are born again are not dead logs but they're living and active children of God. And so it is not an optional thing to lead the Christian life, to do good works, to declare the praises of God. It's what believers do. Psalm 34 speaks of the new man in this way. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. That's what we do. Now, it's not that believers never sin. No. It's just that they don't want to sin. And when they realize that they have sinned, they then confess that, which the sinful nature caused. Believers do what? We renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways, and we do this each and every Sunday, each and every day. Believers confess the faith which they were given in baptism. Believers pray the Lord's Prayer which our Lord has given us. Believers bring their children to be baptized. And believers remember their baptism as God's wonderful saving work which he has done to them. So now that you're believers, now that you have been baptized, you have a new birth. In the service, I don't ask you, well, would you like to pray? I say to you, no, let us pray. You see, of course you want to pray. You just need an opportunity to do it. You need someone to say, let's do it right now. Whenever the dead man had his, the deaf man had his ears open and his tongue loose, he spoke plainly. That's what we do. Jesus didn't tell the man not to speak about Jesus. No. Um, He wants him to speak up. He wants him to uh, uh, speak plainly about these matters. And that is what the man does. So we grow up to lead a godly life. We do that which what believers do. We're already saved. And so our life of good works is not for us. It's for the benefit of others. It is our neighbors that need uh, to hear the praises of God. And for their benefit, we will speak plainly. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Page to the Lord. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that even while our ears did not discern your call to repentance, and even while our mouths were silenced when it came to your praise, that your creative word opened our ears and our lips, so that faith came by hearing, and our lips bore the fruit of faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, we ask that your people might consider your son's working in the public ministry to be of the Holy Spirit, a glorious service, and they would receive that forgiveness and healing. We ask that our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary, would see the pastoral office as a glorious ministry, one that brings righteousness. 
We ask that the daily services for our children at the Learning Center would open up their ears to hear and their lips to declare your praise. We give thanks to you now for the third year of studies uh, at St. Ignatius Seminary, and we ask that you would bless uh, Benjamin and Jacob, uh, our seminarians, as they continue their uh, final year of study. Bless our director, Keeley, as well as the teachers and staff of our learning center. Let us pray to the Lord. Endow our President Joe, our Governor J.B., our Mayor Steve, federal and state legislators, county commissioners, city officials, and all our judges with grace to rule for the maintenance of goodness and the hindrance of evil. Protect those who serve in the armed forces, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, and our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex, that they may diligently carry out their duties and be protected from all harm and danger. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our shut-in Carolyn, our elderly Violet and Tom. Provide uh, for the needs of Kevin, Sam, Jack, Levi, Jennifer, Jim, Mary, Connie, Victor and Marcia, uh, also for uh, Phil. We ask that you would be with our students, with Sarah and Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, and Ashley. Let us pray to the Lord. O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. By his glorious resurrection, open to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Oh, 
blood of Christ, death for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and drink the true blood of Christ, shed for you. Take and drink, this is the true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take and drink the true blood of Christ, shed for you. Take and drink, this is the true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, shed for you. May this true body and blood strengthen and preserve your body and soul and your life everlasting. Depart in peace. Take and drink, this is the 
taken drink the true blood of Christ, shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and drink the true blood of Christ, shed for you. May this true body and blood strengthen and preserve your body and soul in the life everlasting. Depart in peace.
give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. upon you and give you peace. Amen.